Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Indian companion Tonto, the daring and resourceful mask rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Oh, Silver! The Silver Club! I'm Silver! snowfall of six inches was followed by a spell of bitterly cold weather that proved too much for Bill Drexel. The owner of Drexel's general store was in bed with a hard cold accompanied by fever. The store, however, remained open for business. A somewhat simple boy called Sammy kept the floor swept from the shelves in order. The customers were left pretty much to shift for themselves. Hey, Sammy. Hey, yeah. Look here, baby. Now, here's the stuff I'm taking uh, put it all down in a book, and I'll pay Drexel when he's back on the job. Oh, that's all right, Mr. Roberts. It's all right. I guess the marshal can be trusted. Yes, sirree. Say, I'm going to be a marshal someday, I am. Uh, well, now, that'll be just fine. <clears throat> Don't let on to no one, or the bad men will be scared away, and there won't be nothing left for me to do. Huh? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell Drexel I was in. Yeah, Mr. Roberts, I'll tell him. I'm going to be a marshal, I am. And people have to do as I say. Yes, sirree. Oh, 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 two customers. 
an engine. I guess this is the place, Tonto. Uh, this place. Well, take what you want and put it on the book and sign your name. Mr. Drexel's sick of bed. Oh, is he? Oh, no. Hey, you can't do that. That's for folks I know. Huh? What matter? Oh, strangers can't take what you want and put it on the book and sign your name. Only people I know. I don't know you. My name's Dan Reed. Well, I'm Sammy, I am. Me, I'm going to be a marshal. That'll be fine, Sammy. Did you say Mr. Drexel was sick? He's sick of bed. He'll be back before the mail comes in. That's what he said. He'll be back before the mail comes in. Drexel? Him in charge of mail here? Uh, He's in charge of the mail, he is. That's why we're here, Sammy. Is there any mail for Dan Reed? Oh, no mail today. No mail today won't come around till Thursday. I know, Sammy. But there might be some mail from last week or last month. You see, quite a few people knew that sooner or later I'd stop in here to see if there was any mail. Maybe Mr. Drexel is holding some letters for me. Holding letters? Yes. Mm, What's your name? I told you, it's Dan Reed. Oh, that's too bad. It's sure too bad. What too bad? Oh, too bad he's not the Lone Ranger. What's that? I ain't holding no letters for Dan Reed. Now, if you was the Lone Ranger, there might be mail for you. Do you mean to say you're holding letters for the Lone Ranger? Shh. Sammy mustn't tell nobody. But no one knew that the Lone Ranger was... That's it. It's a big secret. No one knew. Gotta learn to keep secrets if Sammy's gonna be a marshal. Uh, me help keep secret. Two, three people better than one. Two or three better than one? Ah. Uh, guard money, three people better than one. Guard prisoner, three people better than one. We help you guard secret, huh? Oh, hey, that's right. You help me guard the secret, huh? Uh. Where are you holding the letters for the Lone Ranger? Shh. Come on over here. I'll show you the Lone Ranger secret mailbox. <laughs> later, Dan Reed and Tonto are with the Lone Ranger in the shelter of a cave near town. What did this boy mean by the Lone Ranger's mailbox, Dan? Well, we had quite a time finding that out. I guess Mr. Drexel had scared Sammy into keeping it a secret. But Tonto finally managed to make him talk. Yes? You see, here's how it happened. Drexel always sorted the mail when it came in on the stage. Sammy always hung around. One day, there was a letter that Drexel opened and read. He saw that Sammy was watching him, so he told Sammy it was for the Lone Ranger. It couldn't have been. Then Drexel dropped it through a crack in the floor. He told Sammy that that was a Lone Ranger secret mailbox. And that not all. No, there were other letters after that. How many? I don't know. But every so often there'd be a letter in the mail, and Drexel would tell Sammy it was for the Lone Ranger. Then he'd drop it through the floor. A simple fellow. Him plenty scared after him tell us that. I should say he was. There was no mail for you, Dan? No. I guess Thunder Martin made out all right, or he'd have sent us word. Uh-huh. Uh, Dan, you stay here in the cave and watch the horses. Where are you going? Out and I going to town. On foot? Yes, it isn't far. It'd be dark by the time we get to town. That's what I want, Tonto. What are you going to do? Dan, I'm going to collect my mail. The Lone Ranger and Tonto made their way secretly into Drexel's store. Tonto showed the masked man the crack between two floorboards. In a few moments, those boards had been pried up. There were a number of letters, all of them opened, but not one addressed to the Lone Ranger. Those letters told a strange story, a story of intrigue and crime, 
A story that made the masked man determined to take a hand in the affairs of certain people in the town of Morton's Gap. We replace those floorboards, Tonto, so no one will know we've been here. Ah, me fix them. As soon as we get back to the cave, we'll make plans to learn more about this situation. Two days later, Bill Drexel recovered from his illness, returned to the store without knowing that the Lone Ranger had called to collect his mail. That night brought more snow and wind. It beat against the town of Morton's Gap and against a snug little cabin just beyond the edge of town. Inside the cabin, two old people sat before a crackling fire. Chris Merwin and his wife sat side by side. Hey, wonder, Martha, where our boys are. Oh, Chris, I was just wondering the same thing. Every time I hear the wind howling, I think of our boys, and I hope they're sheltered wherever they are. Uh, um, I expect it's time to turn in. Don't forget the lamp, Chris. I won't. Turn it a little higher than usual tonight. I'll put it in the window right now so I won't forget. Huh. My sakes, who could be calling at this hour? I'll see who it is. Open the door, Chris. It's Wes Roberts. My sakes, Martha. The United States Marshal. Roberts, what in thunder Wes you do? Roberts, if you... Oh, my sakes. Good evening. Roberts, what's that? Who you got there? Let me in, Chris. I found this man laying in the snow. Oh, bring him over to the fire where it's warmer. Uh, uh, is he dead or what? Why, it's an Indian. Oh, yeah. Uh, put him right down here. Yeah. Uh, found him in the snow, you see? Yes. This was the nearest house, so I brought him here. Don't seem to have much wrong with him. Rub his hands and wrist. Uh, me. Maybe all right. He's conscious. Uh, something warm will fix him up. They don't seem to have any frozen hands or feet. What happened to you, Indian? Me, me all right. Steady now. Don't try to get up. You got any wounds? No. No, me not hurt. Oh, what happened to you? Horse, go away. You got thrown? No. No, not thrown. Me get off horse and horse... Go away. Oh, horse left you, huh? Horse probably went someplace where there was shelter from the storm. So you was left to make your way on foot, eh? Ah. Well, there's a pot of soup on the stove. I'll dish some out for you. You think you could swallow some hot soup in the end? Oh, that'd be plenty. Very oh. good. What's your name? Me, Tonto. Tonto, eh? Name isn't familiar. Here, Tonto. You all feel better with the soup inside of ah. you. How about you, Marshal Roberts? Would you like a bowl of soup? Well, I'll tell you, Martha, I don't like to... That is, I haven't been in your home for five years. Maybe you don't feel like extending hospitality. Roberts, Martha and I don't bear no grudge. You sure that, Chris? Yes, Martha. You felt pretty bitter toward me when I sent your boys away. Well, that was five years ago. I did what I thought was the right thing, Chris. I know you did. Well, here's your soup. Sit down, sit down. Yeah, thanks, Marthy. Wow. When I sent you three boys away from home, I was preventing crime. It wasn't an easy thing to do, Martha. I knew what they meant to you and Chris. They weren't bad boys. I know they weren't. But they were big and strong and as rambunctious as wild colts. They loved to fight and they stuck together. They made a number of people sore at him because of the mischief. I know. And sooner or later, there'd have been a serious fight with gunplay. Someone would have been shot. Your boys might have killed someone. No, they weren't killers. And if someone had killed one of them, the other two would have taken the law into their own hands. 
I tell you, Chris, I thought about what I did for these past five years. I still feel that I did the right thing in order not to leave here and go in different directions. I backed you up on it, Marshal. I gave him the order. I appreciated that, Chris. Wasn't much else Chris could do. You, uh, heard from the boys? No. You haven't? Not a word since I left home. Oh, I guess the felt I turned on them, my own sons. I sure wish they were here now. Any particular reason? They deal with Bill Drexel. Drexel? Has that poor cat been getting under your skin, too? Oh, why do you say that, Marshal? He's planning to marry my daughter. Bill Drexel is? Yes. I don't know what Jane sees in him, but she's going to marry him. So that's who he's marrying. You know about it. He's taking our house to live in. He said he was getting married and needed it. How can he take your place? Well, he holds a mortgage on it. We borrowed the money five years ago, so we'd give our boys a grub stake when they left here. If our boy Tom was here, you can bet your daughter would never be marrying Bill Drexel. I, I thought she was going to wait for Tom to come back. I don't know what's got into the girl, Chris. If she decided to marry Drexel, there's nothing I can do about it. I expect he's sitting in my house right now calling on Jane. Well, thanks for the suit, Martha. More? No, thank you. How about you, Tom? No. Not want any more. And me, me thank you. Well, hold on, Tonto. No, me go now. Out into the storm, but you'll freeze to me death. all right now. Me go find horse. Hey. If that don't beat all, I guess he wasn't as bad off as a figured. Well, better get going myself. Uh, drop in again, Marshal Roberts. Thanks, Chris. I'm glad to find that I'm not unwelcome. We don't hold anything against you, Marshal. But if you want to call again, you better make it soon. We won't have this house much longer. No, you'll lose your house when I lose my daughter. Tonto joined the Lone Ranger and Dan in the nearby cave and reported what he'd learned. That was a slick way to get the details. Did you have to lie in the snow very long, Tonto? No, not long. I knew we were just a short distance ahead of the marshal when we took your horse. Ah. Now what are we going to do? Then we'll have to ride, all three of us. Here are three maps. One for you, Tonto. Ah. You, Dan. Right. We've each got to find one of those three boys. Dan, you ride north. Yes. Tonto, you follow that map to South Pass. Ah. Me find place. I'll travel west to look for Tom. Horses have had a good rest. They'll be able to travel fast. How soon do we start? Soon as we can saddle the horses and pack our saddlebags. Meet me back here in two days. Bill Drexel is going to be sorry he kept the mailbox for the Lone Ranger. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
to continue our story. The Lone Ranger, Dan Reed and Tonto, lost no time getting their horses saddled and their saddlebags filled with food to last for a two-day trip. Steady there, Silver. Scout already to go. How about your horse, Dan? Victor acts like he's glad to get out of this cave. The wind's gone down. There's bright moonlight, steady big fella. I think you'll have no trouble finding the landmarks on your trail. I'll find them, all right. On your way, Dan. Come on, Victor. Get him up, Scout. Come on, Silver. Masked man and his two friends dashed across the unbroken snow by moonlight, riding in three different directions in the name of justice. Meanwhile, Bill Drexel was calling on the daughter of the United States Marshal. I don't like your attitude, Jane. I want you to show more enthusiasm about our getting married. How can I? You know how I feel about you, Drexel. First thing you know, your father's going to realize you don't want to marry me. Then you'll find out why you're marrying me. You know what that'll have to mean? He'd rather let you foreclose on this house than have me marry you. That's right. If you want me to take the place, just let your pa learn why you're marrying me. You needn't worry. I'll keep up a front for pa. You'd better. I can't understand why you want me to marry you. Knowing how much I, I despise you. There's a lot you don't understand. You know that I still love Tom Irwin. You can forget him. He'll never come back. It looks that way. I guess he and his brothers feel bitter toward their parents. Well, in Tom's case, there's another reason why he hasn't written. Why? Here, I never showed you this handbill. It came in a year ago to be stuck up in the post office. Tom Merwin. Wanted for murder. Oh, no, not that. Why not? Everyone knew that sooner or later he'd kill a man. He's likely been strung up by this time. I, I can't believe it of Tom. You can forget him, see? Pa's just come here. Remember what I told you. Yes, she is. About time you kept me went home, isn't it? Yes, Dad. Gee, you been crying? It's nothing. We've been talking over the wedding plans, Marshal. Yes, Dad, that's it. I'm going to my room. Good night, Bill. Night, honey. Darn curious for a girl to be crying while talking over wedding plans. I guess we don't understand women, huh, Marshal? I understand something else, Rachel. I understand you're aiming to foreclose the mortgage on Chris and Martha Merwin. Why not? They owe me cash and they can't pay. Owed it for five years. You need money that bad? I need their property. You mean young pipsqueak. What you need is a good swift kick. <laughs> now, that ain't the way to talk to the man who's going to marry your daughter. You'd better get out before I do more on talk. Yeah, sure. Sure thing, I was just going. I'd give a year's pay to know what a girl like my Jane can see in a squint-eyed critter like you. How soon do you aim to throw Chris and Martha out of their home? They've got a few more days to pay the mortgage. If they don't, well, the law will just have to take its course, that's all. Get out. Good evening. <laughs> Father-in-law to be... evening of another day. Old Chris Merwin and Martha sat with little appetite for their simple meal. Can't you eat something, Chris? I don't feel up to it, Martha. Uh, this will be our last meal here, if Drexel does what he said. Do you think he'll really turn us out? Well, he wouldn't have said so if he didn't mean it, Martha. Uh, this will be the last time we'll put the lighted lamp in our window for our boys. Uh, yep. Chris... 
What do we do? Well, we've got a little money saved up, Martha. We might load our things in the wagon and go look for one of the boys. But we got no notion where to look. Well, I'll see who that is, Martha. Well, I may as well put away the food. Good evening, Chris. Oh, Marshal Roberts and Jane. Good evening, Mr. Merwin. Jane, dear. Oh, I'm glad to see you. Good thing you called tonight. Tomorrow might have been too late. Too late? Chris, didn't you send for us? Me? No. You didn't? No, we didn't send for you. Well, do sit down anyway. I'll show you the cupboards and things, Jane. This isn't a large house, but you'll find it mighty snug against the weather. And Chris has made a lot of little conveniences. Why, what do you mean, Mrs. Merwin? Why, honey, this is to be your house. You don't mean that Tom... No, it can't be that. Martha, maybe Mr. Drexel was going to save it for a surprise for Jane. Oh, mercy me. If I've gone and spoiled Tell it. me what you mean. Are you leaving here? That man, your man, is foreclosing a mortgage and putting these two out of their home so he can have it. Oh, no, not that. It's the truth. Never mind, Jane. I can't well, believe that. I know Drexel is... He wouldn't do that. Oh, shucks, honey. Don't you mind about it. It's just business, that's all. It's a kind of business I don't like. For sakes alive, now who's coming here? Evening, Merwin. Drexel. Good evening to all of you. Well, sort of a party, huh? Did you follow me here, Bill? Why, no. What do you want, Drexel? What do I want? Didn't you send for me? Was it? No, I didn't send for you. A young kid came and said you wanted me. Well, I'll be hanged. What's back of all this? Why are people going around telling everyone to come here? I thought you might have raised some money for... Well, you know what? I haven't. You can take the place tomorrow. See here, Bill Drexel, I... I don't want you to take this place from the Merwin. You got nothing to say about it, Jane. Well, I shan't live here with you. I just... Jane! You wouldn't go against my wishes, would you? No, Bill. Well, of all the downright... Jane Roberts... What's come over you to make you so meek? Nothing, Dad. She'll do whatever I want. That's because she loves me. Ain't it, Jane? I... Well? Yes, Bill. <laughs> Roaring Sunday. The horse has just stopped. Oh, well, I wonder who'll be next to drop in. Well, I'll see who it is. Me come in? Well, it's that Indian named Tonto. Come in here, Tonto. Uh, and he got Sheriff here. What sure. was that? Oh. All right, bring him in. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, Sheriff. Chris, you better close that door. It's well, cold. Well, just a minute, Martha. There's someone else riding up. Great day. Who next? Oh, sir, oh, well, that man's masked. He's masked, Martha. Oh, well, I've got so I'm not surprised at anything. May I come in? Come on, come on and step fast so as I can close the door. Thank you, Merwin. Well, with the sheriff and the marshal both here, you've got a lot of nerve to come in wearing a mask. Have I? I want to talk to that Indian... I thought you should... Just a minute, Marshal Roberts. You know me? Yes, I do. Who are you, anyway? What's that mask for? Drexel, I think you'll be especially interested in the reason for this call. Why should I be? I came, first of all, to ask a question or two about your wedding that's scheduled for tomorrow. What? Jane, why are you marrying Bill Drexel? Why? Did you know that he was after your money? Money? You're barking up the wrong tree, stranger. Jane's got no money you have, Marshal. It'll be Jane someday. <laughs> I wish that was true. Drexel, what happened to the letter that came from Marshal Roberts? What? Why, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yes, you do. What letter? A letter saying that your cousin in Omaha had died and left everything to you and Jane. 
over $30,000. Wait a minute. There never was such a letter. Yes, there was. I went through your post office. You handled that letter, Drexel. Drexel, if that's the truth... Then he couldn't foreclose on you, Dad. Foreclose? Foreclose what? Why, the mortgage. He don't hold no mortgage on me. But, but Dad, the mortgage on your house. Drexel, what have you been telling my daughter? I, well, I just told her that... Drexel, you told me that you'd foreclose on Dad if I didn't marry you. Hey, you dirty, lying, double-twisted skunk. Jane, let me have the truth. The honest-to-goodness truth. You love Bill Drexel. Love him? I despise the beast. That's the way to talk. The only reason I was marrying him was, well, so he couldn't take you home. Drexel, I've got a lot to take up with you. Just a minute, Marshal. There's quite a bit of mail that you didn't deliver, wasn't there, Drexel? That's none of your business. Who are you, anyway? We'll get to that later on. I think I heard some horses stop outside. Dan, everything ready? Yes. Jerry there? Right. Send him in. Oh, uh, Mr. Merwin, Mrs. Merwin, here's someone you've been waiting for. Dad! Jerry! Jerry. Oh, Oh, gosh, my golly, I'm glad to be home. Oh, Jerry. Oh, my son, my son, you come home. Why didn't you write to us, Jerry? Write? Oh, I did write, Mom. You never answered me after the first few letters. You say you wrote us? Oh, yes, Dad. We never got letters from you. How about that, Drexel? Didn't letters for the Merwins come to the post office? I don't know anything about them. Merwin, did you hear from Tom? No, never a word. We'll see about that. Tom, come in here. This is what I've been waiting for. Tom! Tom. Great day! What a night this is! Oh, Tom, you too. Tom, you're alive. You're alive and well. Hello, Jane. I thought you were wanted by the law. That you killed a man. Well, shucks, honey. I wrote you all about that. It was all a mistake. I wasn't the man they wanted. I never got your letter. You didn't? Was that why you didn't write me? Well, how about you, Dad? Didn't you get my letters? Not a single one of them, Tom. By the jumping Jupiter, there was cash in those letters. I struck gold. Come on, Dick. You're next. Dick. Oh, my oldest boy. Mom. Oh, Oh, golly, Mom. It's good to see you. You wrote some, Dick. I I didn't think you wanted me back, Dad. I... I wrote and asked you, and you didn't answer. Oh, son, we didn't hear from you. We didn't know where you were. Didn't hear from me? Perhaps Drexel can explain. I I don't know anything about him. Drexel, you didn't want the marshal to have his inheritance. You didn't want these three men to come back home. Tom to marry Jane. All three to block your plans to get this land. So you stole certain letters. You dirty scheming pool, kid. Marshal, the sheriff has a statement sworn to by Sammy and a bundle of letters. All of which have been opened by Drexel and dropped through the floor of his store. Yeah, here they are. Letters going back for years. Drexel, I think we got evidence enough to put you away for keeps. Oh, wait, let me explain. Oh, I can tell you the... Dirty thieving schemer had that coming. He's got a lot more than that coming. But that'll hold him for a time. He's knocked out cold. Hey, that masked man's leaving. Wait a minute. You and the sheriff can handle things, Marshal. Hey, Sheriff. Who is that masked man? Well, I'll tell you, Marshal. Drexel told Simple Sammy that the mail he dropped through the floor was for the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger? Yep. Drexel didn't know how near the truth he'd come. You see, the Lone Ranger collected that mail.
story you have just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. (laughs) 